0: You're listening to Let's Talk Portland, Intercom Radio Portland's weekly public affairs program. I'm Gary Bloxham. Do you have a picky eater in your family? If so, here comes some great information. On the show this time, I would like to welcome Irma Suleimanovich bordeaux She's a nurse practitioner, a pediatric nurse practitioner with Metropolitan Pediatrics. Hey there, Irma.
1: Hi, how are you, Gary? Well, I'm doing good. Um, yes, you... good, 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 good. Yeah, you got, you got the name really, really well, yeah. <laughs> My name is... <laughs> yeah, Irma Solimanovich, bordeaux and um, yes, I'm a, I'm a pediatric nurse practitioner, so I just strictly see kiddos, and I'm also a board-certified lactation consultant, and yes, I work for Metropolitan Pediatrics in Happy Valley on Sunnyside. We're actually a fairly new clinic that has just opened within the last few months. We just expanded.
0: Well, I was looking at the Metropolitan Pediatrics website, and you guys have locations all over ah. the place.
1: We have six locations, so it's really nice. Um, parents sometimes, you know, they have that flexibility. We know if their provider is out that they could, you know, potentially see somebody else if their kid is sick, so it's nice.
0: And uh, you're probably busy this time of year because it's kind of the cold and flu season, right? You've got lots of kids coming in?
1: Definitely, yes. Lots of colds, lots of ear infections, and some influenza more recently. Yeah, so lots of that stuff now.
0: Now, one thing we uh, want to focus on today is uh, kids and their eating habits. Do you know a lot about yes. this?
1: Yeah. So um, one thing, because because as a pediatric nurse practitioner, I get to see kids for their checkups and their sick visits. And we tend to talk a lot about nutrition. And and so I, I thought we could start off and, and talk about nutrition and particularly with uh, picky eating. Yes, please do. Yeah. So, um First, I thought we could briefly just, you know, talk about what kids are really supposed to be eating as a baseline. Um, So... I think it's hard as a parent to know what it is that our kids are supposed to be following. You know, growing up, we had the pyramid, and nowadays we have several food guides, one of which being the USDA MyPlate, which has a plate, and it depicts, you know, visually what proportions we're supposed to have of, of different foods. And then my personal favorite is more of, uh, the, there's a, food guide, called, it's from Canada actually, oh. they released their new national food guide earlier this year, and I like it because it's, it's an, a little bit of a nicer visual, it shows you real foods on the plate. So if you can kind of picture this with me, okay. half of the plate is uh, fruits and vegetables, uh, a fourth of the plate is whole grains like whole wheat pasta, whole wheat bread, whole wheat tortillas, brown rice, and then the other fourth has a source of protein. And they actually recommend that we do more of our digestible proteins like our beans, nuts, seeds, tofu, more than dairy, eggs, and meat. And then we're supposed to be drinking water, no juice, soda, sugary drinks, just water. And you can you can pull this up on their webpage. I like to use this especially during my checkups, and then I show this to kids, and they show. Me me, how they're doing, and the foods that they're eating. So it's really nice. So that's probably my favorite. Um, but in general, when it comes to any kind of food guides and recommendations, they you know the recommendation is to encourage more fruits and vegetables and beans and nuts and seeds and whole grains in general. And yeah, so that's kind of the baseline.
0: Just thinking from my past, I kind of imagine that yeah. getting kids to eat more vegetables is not an easy task
1: it's it's not sometimes sometimes it's easy sometimes it's difficult and there's going to be days where my child will eat broccoli and then two days later they absolutely hate broccoli
0: <laughs> <laughs> isn't that always the way
1: so, that will happen yes Um, And the other tidbit I wanted to add is, in in general, um, a lot of these food guides promote whole foods. So, you know, foods you can see, you can bite into right away versus, you know, our processed versions of those foods. I know when um, my child was younger, you know, we had that infant and toddler aisle in, in the store and they sold those, you know, baby puffs. And it's kind of you know they're almost like little cereals with fortified vitamins. And I felt this insane obligation to give my child these puffs, and I would look for different sales to you know get him these puffs because he enjoyed them so much. But in reality, there's no sustenance to them. There's no fiber, protein, fat. You know, they're just they just have these little fortifications. But they're kind of like our Lucky charm cereals. They're not good.
0: <laughs> not much to them.
1: So. No, but it is. I, I, I want to say it is hard as a parent sometimes to know, you know, what it is our kids are supposed to be eating. Because when we go to the store, we you know see other things, and we feel that obligation to give them other
0: foods. Yeah, the the um, other prepackaged foods they seem a lot easier to deal with, right? But it's not always yes, the best option.
1: Yes, yes, I I felt the same way about those pouches that have the fruits and veggies inside. Um, And then we learn later on that maybe those are not the best sources of those foods. Of course, like if my kid absolutely will not eat any fruits and vegetables and they will eat that, sure, I'll take it. But it is you know, a processed version of that. It has less fiber. And then there's also uh, ingredients and packaging that these companies are not obligated to report on. And so sometimes you're exposing your child to these unknown things that you know, might be better off to give them whole real foods and real strawberries or prairie them yourself or make them in a smoothie form.
0: How do kids become picky eaters to begin with? Are they, is this something that children are born with, to hate broccoli? Or <laughs> do they grow into that? Well,
1: <laughs> so um, I the reason I picked this topic is because it's really one of the most common questions I get for all age groups of kids, particularly that toddler to kindergarten age. And, you know, of course, sometimes like teenagers, like my teenagers will only eat, you know, I don't know, Takis or chips. Um, but um, picky eating in general is Very, very common, and we definitely tend to see it in that early toddlerhood phase, Um, and then you know that that component can continue. So for some of my kids that I meet with, they may refuse to eat certain meals that you know parents will make, and then or some kids will just restrict themselves on certain fruits and vegetables, and I you know I can't get them to eat broccoli, and then I have some children that go beyond that. They're so severe that they may eat only like five foods. And usually they're yellow foods like mac and cheese or chicken nuggets, corn dogs, goldfish, that sort of thing. And so we kind of restrict them with those foods. And the reason I really wanted to talk about the picky eating today is because nutrition is a baseline for preventative health. When we don't give our body the nutrients that it needs, it impacts our physical health, our developmental health, you know, learning for, for school, their mental health. And so we notice a lot of instabilities in children when they're not getting those baseline nutritional components.
0: That really makes a lot of sense because they're, the, they're growing, right? So they need all the nutrition yes. they can get.
1: Yes, yes. And I tell kids, you know, I don't show you this little food guide because I want to torture you with these foods. (laughs) I tell you this because I I want you to be healthy and grow up to be a healthy
0: adult. What can a parent do if their child is becoming kind of a picky eater? What what can a parent do to kind of combat that?
1: I think there's lots of things that a parent can, uh, you know, uh, initially start to do. Um, Again, first of all, parenting is... Hard. Yes. I think, you know, before I had my child, I gave parents recommendations, and, you know, it was easy for me to say these things, but then once I experienced it myself with my own child, it, I can understand the struggle, I can understand what we're exposed to all the time, and I, I want parents to know that, you know, you don't have to beat yourself up if things aren't perfect, and, you know, they're not going to be. No child, parent, family is eating perfectly, But as a parent, I usually say, become a role model for your kids. You know, you can't get away with eating French fries from McDonald's and then your kid having to eat carrots. You know, if, if you want your own kid to create these healthy habits, you know, we have to show them those similar habits. So when we eat carrots, we shouldn't grimace and show disgust, and we shouldn't talk badly of the food, and then we shouldn't talk negatively about our own bodies either. Um, so so really, initially, my biggest recommendations to parents is just to offer that variety of food and just have it in front of them, have that plate in front of them, and um, initially, they may not be familiar, they may not try to eat these foods, but eventually they will with just that exposure. And, you know, as a parent, let's say, again, I, I like to throw in broccoli, but um, as a parent, you know, when you are offering something like broccoli and, you know, I've offered this food five times now and my kid just really won't eat it. It's so easy to get frustrated and, and then just, you know, end up offering them the foods they will eat because I want my kid to eat. Um, But we really have to do the opposite and just continue offering that. And I usually tell parents, maybe not, you know, offer a huge part of that plate with, you know, broccoli because, you know, we'll end up maybe tossing that. And so maybe just the smaller components so we're not wasting a lot of food.
0: In your experience working with children, uh, are vegetables kind of the the main culprit for the things that kids don't like? Or do they not like fruits and, and meats too? Seems like- Every
1: so often I, I get a kid that maybe dislikes fruit and prefers vegetables, but I would definitely say vegetables are the number one. Um, and really it's whatever the parent brings in as a concern. So sometimes a parent will say, well, my kid really won't eat meat. And so um, I, get, I get a variety of things, but primarily I would probably say vegetables. And then maybe another one that we don't get a whole lot of exposure for is legumes or beans. Um, in in children so we're we're ideally supposed to get at least like a fourth of a cup of some kind of legumes every day it's a great fiber protein source and one of the easiest things for our body to digest
0: what do you say to parents who come in and say um i'd rather my kid eat something than nothing at all At, at least they'll eat the foods they like
1: sure um so what i usually say is you know first of all if if um you offer them those foods and they won't eat certain foods, they're not going to starve. Kids are okay to skip a meal. Um, What I usually will say too is I I want parents to find what their child's own hunger cues are, what their own satiety cues are. Young children are really good at intuitive eating and knowing when to eat, when to stop. And at some point, that regresses. And one thing I like to encourage parents is when we're at mealtimes is you know not forcing your children to eat and saying things like, well, you don't have to eat it. And and if we don't eat all the food, you can store it for later. Um, I've, I, I pack my son's lunches. And so if he doesn't eat his main meal for lunch, we'll have it for dinner later. And we usually don't tend to have issues with that. Um, but if a kid refuses to eat at mealtimes, Another thing I like to do is really just mentally preparing them for what's happening. So a lot of these kids ha- may have some anxiety and you bring this plate of this unknown food and, and you know, they refuse to eat it and, you know, they throw a fit. Um, but if we prepare them and let them know this is what you're having for lunch, this is what we're going to have for dinner, I think that's helpful. And then um, a lot of kids will snack in between meals. So I... Typically, don't encourage grazing and snacking. Definitely no juice and milk between meals because that will fill them up with unnecessary calories and, um, and then they're not hungry for real meals. Um, the only times I've kind of let in personally is, you know, if my child is hungry, you know, if you want to eat a fruit or a vegetable that I maybe cut up and you know, or it's ready to go, carrots, then by all means, you can have that as a snack.
0: So Irma, when it comes to feeding children, what should my role as a parent be?
1: Uh, that's a wonderful question so as as an adult um, there's definitely four components that I would kind of briefly touch up on so one we kind of briefly mentioned earlier is creating those structured meal times and so that breakfast lunch and dinner and kind of reducing those grazing components um, and then ca- kind of taking away those um, distractions like the TV and making meals enjoyable for everyone the second component as an adult is I would suggest offering new foods with food that they may already like. So a common food that I think a lot of kids like is mac and cheese. So why don't we add, you know, beans to your mac and cheese and still make it taste like your mac and cheese, but then we have the fiber and protein component, or let's saute some vegetables into that, or do the same thing with pasta. Um, Another way we can do that is creating smoothies with vegetables in there. Um, And again, those kind of those fruit and veggie pouches, I'm kind of sort of okay with if that's kind of our only way. That we're going to get those food sources. Uh, a big thing that I try to discourage parents from becoming is is a short order cook. So I often will have uh, moms disclose that I'm making this meal for my toddler and my teenager and a separate meal for my husband. And really, we want to stay away from that. Everyone should you know f- eat the same meal. Um, and if you wanted to give your child options, maybe we can say you know Would you like to eat broccoli or carrots with your dinner? Uh, or Or we can create uh, dinners like a taco night or create burrito bowls or pizza where you can add your own topics and that variety so you can kind of give them those options. And then overall, I'd like to point out that, again, pickiness is a phase, and our taste buds change. And uh, about 46% of children are picky eaters at some point during their early childhood, and it can take them up to 20 times of one food before they lick it, taste to try it. So that's kind of the big point as well, is, you know, if we're offering broccoli five times, we might have to continue to do that. Um, and then for children, you know, it, for children, is they they will eat. You know, they they haven't ruined their hunger cues like adults. They are, you know, again, they they they're intuitive eaters initially, and so it's okay for them to skip a meal now and then. They're not going to fall off the growth curve. It's it's a very normal part of their lives. And again, uh, I would discourage you know putting pressure on food, and um, even um, children when they're forced to do something, they they will resist um, and, and really just, again, allow them to have that autonomy to pick and choose what they want and then really just making eating fun. Uh, er, when my son was younger, we read a book called Sylvia Spinach and Sylvia was a girl that hated spinach, ended up growing her own spinach and eventually trying her spinach. So that was really fun to read. Um, you can create fun plates and utensils. You can use chopsticks or fun forks to make eating fun. Um, sometimes you can even... Even integrate music. Let's you know familiar noises that you may like. The other day, I gave my son some Muesli, which is um, you know this German oatmeal, um, raisin, and um, sunflower seed concoction, and he hated the thought of eating this food. But then once I played the Power Rangers theme song, <laughs> he was able to eat all of it. So just creating you know that familiarity and then that enjoyable experience with these. Foods. Foods is my biggest suggestion.
0: Um, if you do have a picky eater, what how what are your thoughts on bribing them with if you if you eat your vegetables, then I, I'll give you a cookie. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Sure. So I, I tend to avoid any sort of bribes, especially when it comes to Food-related bribes. Um, So let's say we're offering a cookie or you know dessert as a reward um, for eating healthy. Then the focus really becomes on the dessert. So I'm just going to struggle through this whatever meal, and my focus is just going to be on that cookie. And so. To kind of help this, you know, I would encourage making the dessert part of the meal, which is crazy because that's really not how I grew up. You know, dessert usually came after the meal. Yeah, me too. And so what happens is if that cookie is part of, you know, all your fruits and veggies and whatever we're having for a dinner, it kind of neutralizes that fixation on the dessert. So it teaches them that sweets can be enjoyed with their balanced diet, and then we don't think of these desserts as a form of reward, um, and and it, we don't think of it as like we have to eat these less desirable foods in order to get this particular reward. So that novelty with the dessert wears off and then they're more likely to eat all the other foods as well. And of course, like if we're going to have dessert, I would, you know, not have it become an, an every night sort of thing, uh, but kind of, you know, an occasional. But I, I honestly prefer my number one is sticker rewards and i you know they're cheap and kids can you know i personally give my child stickers for a whole variety of of random good things and what you can do is like let's say we get seven stickers in a row or 20 stickers, Uh, maybe we get a little small reward and at the end of the whole thing, maybe we get to go to the dollar store and pick out a toy for getting an X amount of stickers. Um, Some parents will go as far as creating almost like a, a, a treasure hunt with new foods. So they will um, create, you know, let's say we're going to have some garbanzo beans and your treasure hunt leads you to the beans and you try the beans. And then after you try them, you go move forward and you do another sort of um, treasure hunt with a new food. And so it makes it kind of fun. And that's kind of what we want with these foods is we want meals to be enjoyable. And, you know, especially for those younger ages, making it more fun versus negative and you know, anxiety-driven.
0: Yeah, that's a, that sounds like a really great suggestion. How about uh, meal preparation and planning? Do you have any suggestions for that and, and maybe get the kids involved with that so they kind of know the process?
1: Sure. I So I personally have started meal prepping or batch cooking. I want to say it's been at least three years now. So um, I take either a Saturday or Sunday. I spend a good three or four hours, and I Double batch cook three or four meals depending on what we want to eat throughout the week, and uh, what that does it helps me save money and it helps me plan a healthy meal. So that way, let's say we come home for dinner, there's nothing to eat, I don't feel like cooking, let's go out to eat. So then we're more likely, you know, to consume foods that might not be as healthy. But um, that so that's kind of what I do and. I made it a habit because it, it, it created these healthy other components in our lives. Now, as far as kids, I think we tend to undermine kids and their capabilities when it comes to food preparation. I know when my son was in preschool, they were learning to use utensils and they were cutting up apples and they were putting toast in the toaster, things that I... Honestly, didn't think that I should be teaching my child, but now, um, my son is five now, so he helps me bag some fruits and vegetables in little Ziploc bags for school, um, and he'll watch me cook, and so anytime I can think of things that he can help with, I, you know, integrate him into that and then, of course as kids get older especially teenagers there's no reason um, you know a, a school-age child or a teenager can't help with food preparation none of these things have to be complex whatsoever it doesn't have to be an exquisite dish to be healthy
0: it seems like those are good skills to have once you grow up and you're out on your own you actually know oh yeah how to cook a meal yes <laughs> a lot of people yes. leave home and they yes. don't know how to do that
1: Yes, I agree.
0: How does picky eating affect a child's mental health? We've talked a lot about physical health, but how about mental health?
1: Sure. So we kind of touched briefly on that, especially when it comes to, you know, dessert and that fixation component. So we want to reduce that pressure to eat those foods um, and really not punishing them for not eating foods and really, you know, creating the, the forcing my child to eat. I will tell you personally, um, what, growing up, we could not leave the table unless the entire plate was finished. So I remember sitting there for what felt like forever. And I don't have great memories of of that experience. Um, And so it really shouldn't be like that. And, you know, forcing your child or punishing your child to consume these foods can create mental instabilities. It can create body shaming components. It can even uh, sometimes create eating disorders because we're, we're, creating this negative relationship with food when in reality our food should be our fuel it, it gives us the nutrients for our body to survive and thrive
0: uh irma as we kind of wrap up here we have about a minute left could you give us some, maybe some resources that parents could uh, turn to and get some more information
1: sure so again um our uh, USDA, My plate is great our canada food guide both of these uh, websites have great resources recipes um the American Academy of Pediatrics has a website called HealthyChildren.org. Tons of great topics, anything kid-related, including picky eating. Um, I also have a personal preference. There's a, a pediatrician called Dr. Yami Kazurla-Lancaster. She has a, a website, Instagram, Facebook, a podcast, her Instagram handle I think is the Dr. Yami Y A M I and she, everything that she discusses is, is food related, pediatric related. She wrote a book most recently called A Parent's Guide to Intuitive Eating and so a lot of these things that we talked about today um, she also has in her book. There is, um, because a lot of parents utilize social media, uh, one, our Metropolitan Pediatrics, we tend to put out health topics on our Twitter and Facebook account. But then there's also another page called Leafy Vibe, V-I-B-E. There's a page. A Portland-based uh, pediatric nurse named Heidi, and she creates wonderful images on how to help um, your child eat, and really just depict visually what you know what we can eat, and just giving those alternative options. There's also really good. Registered dietitians uh, again on on Instagram um, that will do similar visual depictions. There's one by the name of Malina Malkani. I think her h- handle is healthy dot mom dot healthy kids. There's one called Plant Based Juniors that, that's run by two registered dietitians. And there's another one, um, Jennifer Anderson. Hers is a kids dot eat dot in color. So those are my personal preferences. That. Um, parents can look into
0: looks like there's lots of information out there thank you so much for uh,
1: there's so much
0: thank you so much for being on the show irma this has been really fantastic information
1: Of of course thank you so much for interviewing me
0: let's talk portland is an intercom radio portland public affairs program